the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is hump day, middle of the weekday over the hill day. We are closer to uh, Friday than we were on Wednesday. And uh, today, I will let you know that I will get Heidi to find the the camel from the commercials saying, it's hump day, you know, doing the same. We'll we'll open up Wednesday's show with that. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. We can do that. What can I say? I'm, 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 you know, we do so much serious, serious stuff that we've got to deal with that it's fun to do some fun stuff once in a while, you know? And so we're going to do some fun stuff uh, here on the show. But believe me, we got plenty of serious stuff to talk about. Ken Yang is here. He is the uh, chair of the Republican Party in Saline County, also the chair of the chairs for the Republican Party in general. He's with us today, as he always is, on Wednesday and also joining us today at 6.35, 2nd District uh, Congressman French Hill will be here in uh, the 7 o'clock hour at 7.05. The uh, uh, 4th District uh, uh, Congressman is going to be Bruce Westerman. He'll join us. And then in our 7 o'clock hour, we will talk with uh, uh, John Bozeman and our senior senator from uh, Arkansas, and he'll be with us here in studio. He's back in state. He'll stop in to talk to us today. We'll talk about Russia. We'll talk about Biden's first year. We'll talk about businesses here. In, I mean, how are businesses in Arkansas doing? Uh, I want to talk to both the congressman and I want to talk to the senator about that. And especially I want to talk about how's agriculture business doing? Because, uh, you know, China and their saber rattling and all of that. How is that deal that President uh, Trump signed uh, with the uh, uh, Chinese going? You know, they're supposed to buy tons and tons of rice. Has that been happening? So we'll we'll try to get some information on that. We'll definitely get in some, I think, answers from that from uh, Senator Bozeman. So because he, he is deep in the agriculture uh, up in Congress, and if the Republicans would take the Senate back uh, in November. He would be the chair of the uh, Agriculture Department. So a lot of things to talk about today, a lot of important things. Where's inflation going? All of that. You know, what's being seen and what is being talked about. Uh, Fox, uh, Ken, yesterday dropped a bombshell on Brett uh, Bear's show, and they had a whole timeline and emails that Fauci has known that the uh, virus got its start in China. All this 
this subterfuge, all this smoke and mirrors that they've been playing, they they've got him dead to rights now. And they I mean, and they've got the, the you know the the health institute, they got the CDC, all of them are in cahoots on this. I mean, I feel like we've known it for a while, but the liberal media continued, the mainstream liberal media doesn't report on it. I mean, then the only person that seems to squawk about it is Senator Rand Paul. Yeah, well, he he's gotten Fauci on the run. Yeah. I, I got to believe that if the Republicans take the House and the Senate, that his days are definitely numbered. They're going to do some very, very deep yeah. uh, investigation on that man. Yeah. I think he's dirty. I just feel that way about him because he's always changing his story. And, yeah, we sent some money over to the Chinese uh, for him to work on it. I got to get Tom Cotton on to talk about this, too, because he's been at it for and, a long time. You know, speak, Speaker Gingrich was on Fox News recently, and, uh, you know, he, if there's anyone that knows the rules – um, the best it would be him and he's and, good about it and he's talking about how just the misuse of power from speaker pelosi in the house and the whole january 6th deal and um you know the liberal media was just freaking out because he said you know honestly if the when the republicans take over in the house and senate certain people should go to jail for misuse of power in their political positions yeah well there, there's going to be tom cotton yesterday on fox news said that it is not inconceivable to read that probably (laughs) that uh, the president might be impeached about what's going on in the border of this country because he is not he does that's one of the things that he's supposed to do under the constitution yeah and i think that's why you know people don't have in my opinion i don't have a problem with us protecting our interests overseas and yeah. protecting our allies and making sure, you know, it, making sure that uh, uh, Vladimir Putin doesn't get what he wants because his interests are 180 degrees from our interests. But I think what people find hard to swallow in this whole Ukraine stand firm thing that uh, that was, you know, over there is he doesn't even care about our own border. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Did you see the uh, the video of the. The families that were coming across the border uh, and being released with an arrest warrant that they can show to identify who they are. Yeah, that's right. An arrest warrant. You got to show, you know, everything but your blood type uh, to be able to get across the border as an American citizen. To go out to eat, you got to show your vaccination status in parts of this country and a photo ID. and by the way, I made up that part about being families because it was basically all single guys. Yeah. But remember, they told us it was going to be families. That mm-hmm. they, they were, and they're not checking them, man. They're not doing They're not vetting them at all. They're just, they're getting off the bus, going into the building down there in Brownsville. They're giving them uh, some kind of paperwork and a, and a plane ticket to wherever they want to go and sending them. Yeah. And but, I, you know what? And this may sound... I don't know, morbid or extreme or whatnot, but this goes back to how in politics everything is connected. You had all these illegal immigrants, these many of them criminals coming over, Yep. and uh, this is why stand your ground is important. Yeah, it's true. Talk about how, why stand your ground is important. This is why stand your ground is important. This is why caring is important. Well, the thing about this, uh, they had the, the story on yesterday 
of uh i guess it was a gangbanger i'm going to assume that it was just because the guy was dressed like a gang member and shot a guy in a hospital emergency room for god's sake yeah. i mean this is crazy yeah. this is crazy that yeah. we're putting up with this and the governor of of uh portland now says she's going to let out all of these criminals from prison mm-hmm. What is wrong with people? Oh, now? she's one of the worst governors in our state, and our nation is the governor over there in Oregon. Um, but you know, used to you could protect your own uh, property, your own business, and you just see all these looters and whatnot. Not anymore, you can't. People tell them to stand down. Now, now they'll tell you, well, Dave, how? Why do you think you should be able to protect your property? Yeah. Your property is nothing for somebody to die over. Well, they've got a gun. Yeah, they're willing and, to kill and, me and for it. They'll talk through that side of the mouth, and then you got Lori, you know, whatever foot, uh, Beetlejuice, Lightfoot. Yeah, she yeah. looks like Beetlejuice uh, over there in Chicago, telling folks well, they should do a better job protecting their own business, not the police. Yeah, yeah. It, so they talk about yeah. Well, you get, just said get your, one side go out the, and get your own people to yeah. protect your business. Yeah. Forget about all those taxes you're paying. You're yeah. supposed to pay for the police. But, I, you know, you still don't see you still don't see any looting over there in Koran town in uh, in uh, L.A. <laughs> they proved that they would protect their property back <laughs> during Rodney King. That was yeah. during the Rodney King era. It's still yeah. the same today. You still yeah. don't see videos of people I, going I there. No, I haven't seen any looting. pictures of them standing on the roofs. No, no, but like they, I, they, I, think, I think the people in that community probably know. Mm, yeah. Don't want to bother them. Yeah. <laughs> Might get might get shot. I've I've said here in the state. I wish they bring back. You know the the was it Tommy Thompson? I wish they bring back that rule. Mm. You know, do you feel lucky? That's yeah. the rule. <laughs> do you feel lucky? Is there a is there a police officer or a sheriff's officer or whatever yeah. behind the mirror with a twelve gauge shotgun? Do you feel lucky? I, I mean. I remember doing that story when I was up in Indianapolis when that was going on, and I was talking about mm-hmm. it because we were having the same problems there in Indiana yeah. and um, in the around the, the state capitol. And um, I went through how murders and robberies had dropped off, you know, precipitously because yeah. they were scared. Yeah. Well, that's that's what you got to do. You got to put the fear of God in people. Yeah. Well, that's why it's called. That's why it's a deterrent. Yes. You know, that's why the death penalty was once a deterrent, because it was a public spectacle, and it was done quickly and swiftly. But now it's something that's hidden in the corner somewhere where only two people can go and, and watch, and no one knows what's happening. And all these people, uh, we let all these liberals come out and squawk, well, he deserves to live, even though, you know, he raped and murdered and cut someone into little bitty pieces. Yep. Um, but this is where liberal logic, I almost say never, makes sense is, you know, they say, well, um, you know, we don't want uh, open carry. We don't want more guns because that's going to be a wild, wild west. But then next it's, well, I don't, you know. There was deep, never deep, a yeah. wild, wild west like and, you see and on then, the and movies. And then it's, a, well, defund the police. Well, it's about to become the wild, wild west because you've defunded the police. People are getting their crap stolen. And you know what? They're going well, to wake up one day here soon and say, no more. Well. If they want to steal your stuff, they have no problem taking your life. That's right. And that's just my my own personal thought. All right. Here's what Cotton said last night to Laura Ingram. (laughs) 
no, Laura, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. That's talking about impeachment of of Joe Biden. Because of all of the abuses of the Biden administration, I think what the Department of Homeland Security has done to undermine American sovereignty, to open up our borders, to undercut wages and jobs for American workers, is probably the most egregious. And they're open about it. DHS Secretary Alejandro McCor- uh, was it Mayorkas, has said in his speeches that being illegally present in the country is no longer even a priority for de- deportation. They admit these things now publicly. So it's something that's got to be dealt with. Ken Yang is here with us. We've got French Hill coming up at the bottom of the hour, Westerman at the top of the hour, and Senator Bozeman coming up at the bottom of next hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about ICU Protection, LLC. That's the letter I, the letter C, and the letter U. Uh, Billy Mack is the owner. He wants you to know that you don't. You just pay for the service. You don't pay for the hardware. They're going to put the hardware all in the house, no charge to you. You're just going to have to pay the service charge each month for them to monitor uh, with their hardware. And uh, it starts at $40 a month. I think it goes up at $10 a month for every camera you add is how it goes up. And these are not those real fuzzy cameras. These are 1080p cameras. You know, I've been watching the show Bosch on um, uh, Amazon uh, the last few uh, uh, days. And at least they're 21st century and showing these cameras. You know, they're in these real rich neighborhoods, and it shows uh, these real clean cameras. And that's the kind of cameras you're going to look at when you talk with Billy Mack. And you're going to talk about a digital trip line instead of having to do it with light and things of that nature where you get false uh, you know, types of uh, uh, notifications uh, with their analytics and their motion detection it's all about, uh, you know, real threats. They can tell the difference between a person, an animal, or a car. To know more, whether you're a business or you're residential, you call them. Talk to Billy Mack at ICU Protection, LLC, 501-205-1333. 501-205-1333. Call today. All right, coming up at uh, 635, we'll be joined with District 2 Congressman French Hill. we got things to talk about. We'll talk about the president's first year in office. I want to talk to him, of course, today about what's going on in the Ukraine. Uh, you know, uh, Putin now said, okay, you want to you try to slap us with really tough, tough uh, sanctions? Go ahead. We'll still come across. So it's it's we got we got a Mexican standoff happening over in Europe is what we got. All right. Let me give you some information here. Uh, The Harvard Harris poll now has President Biden's approval at 39 percent. He's under 40 uh, now. Uh, I'm taking a look at some more of this. Meanwhile, from another poll. Poll numbers also indicated 71% believe that the country is on the wrong track while giving Biden a 43% job approval rating. Uh, Chuck Todd added that approval of Congress is split between Republicans and Democrats, but that at this uh, point, a four or five point advantage is likely needed for Democrats to maintain control in Congress. 
This is only the third time in the poll's history over 30 years where they've had two tracks that were off. Two of our, and Todd said, two of the three most important indices are sitting in the shellacking territory right now for the Democrats. This is a dangerous place for the party and the president. It def, that's Todd talking. That he's supposed to be, you know, neutral. And no, he's a Democrat, and he just told you they're 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 sitting in a position right now. They're going to get they're going to get killed at the uh, at the polls come uh, November. So Pelosi has decided to run for reelection. I expected that she would announce that, and she had to announce it. Now, she knows she's not going to be speaker anymore after November uh, or January. She'd give up the gavel. But here, here's the thing. If she would say she's not running, you might as well pull the, the rug completely under the president at that point, right out from under him. He'd be a total free fall at that point because that'd be one of the main leaders of the Democratic Party saying, it's over. I'm getting off of this sinking ship. I don't want I don't want to be here while the orchestra plays, you know, closer to, you know, to the uh, at the deck of the Titanic and all the, you know, deck chairs are sliding down <laughs> towards the bottom of the ship. I'm just telling you. Uh, they know what's coming. They can see it. They have Did you see how many people now are now running for re-election? 29. Yeah. 29. We'll have an even 30 before the end of the week, yeah. I believe. I'll turn it over to you. I'll let you talk about that a little bit. It, this is important. These are the important things to be watching. Well, I mean, and then you got you got uh, folks also, you know, and in, in there's Missouri. There's a congressman running for the open U.S. Senate seat there in Missouri. And so you got open seats there. Um, you know, people, I mean, you see it here in Arkansas, too. Uh, people don't want to deal with uh the toxic environment that is politics, but two people don't want to also deal with their own record. Um, so it's twofold. Uh, they have to, if I had the record, I wouldn't want to deal with it either. So, you know, do you want to deal with what's happening up there? You can't get anything done. It's so partisan. And then, uh, uh, and then you have your own record and it's not, and, and some of these Democrats is they don't believe that far left, but they're being forced to, and many of these Democrats in these uh, uh, districts that are 50-50 type districts, they can't go back and sell the Green New Deal, the Build Back Better, and all, you know, doing away with the filibuster and whatnot. They, they can't go back and, and sell that to their people and say, you know what, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to retire. Yeah. Well, let me, I'd like to say one thing, okay? The left is attacking on the Democrats. They're attacking the more moderate or uh, Democrats. Mm-hmm. But that's not unusual, to be honest. Okay. Here's what's unusual to me is what's going on here in Arkansas. I have a governor who's a Republican who's going down and appearing for Democrats down south in the state. You know, was it Beckham that's running for re-election? Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the governor is showing up for the democrat that's running that's false you know i've i've heard certain people talk on your uh uh show and say that that's false the governor was neutral on that campaign he should not have no i'm not talking i'm not talking about 
this recent one. I'm talking about the one that's coming up. I'm understanding that he's appeared for the Democrat down there. Is that true? Well, there's no Democrat running against Senator Beckham. Senator Beckham has a primary opponent. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'll do a little bit more checking then. Because I'll tell you what, if I find out that he backs Democrats... I'll be asking, I'll be talking about impeaching him. No, Senator, uh, in the last election, uh, the only Republican running for, in the general election, uh, was uh, Senator Beckham, and and Republicans did not support the Republican in the race, they supported the Democrats, and, or they were neutral uh, in deference to Senator Bruce Malik, uh, but Senator Beckham still beat Bruce by 13 percentage points. Uh, and then uh, now they have a uh, uh, moderate uh, Republican uh, being encouraged by the Democrats to run against Senator Beckham, for what I understand. Now, is he, being, is, he, understand. Is, is he being pushed forward by Republicans as well? Uh, the, Are there the, people getting behind the moderate? No. Okay, good. All right. I'm going to keep my eye on this. Yep. I really, really am. Yep. I'm going to keep my eye yep. on this. But no, the go- governor has not appeared for anyone, and, okay. and there's no Democrat running against Senator Beckham right now. All right. Let's take a break. we got to get the news. Thank you very much for clarifying yep. that for me. And then we'll come back and talk more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Congressman Friend Schill is ready. I was, just, I was just telling. I was getting ready to tell Ken that Congressman Hill is on the line. We could get to him. And and we got ready to come back. So I I shut up, Heidi. I, I got real quiet real fast. All right. Uh, let me talk to everybody about East End Towing real fast and we can get to the congressman. Uh, East End Towing wants you to know no matter what circumstance you find yourself in on the side of the road, whether it's your car broke down, you got a flat tire, uh, maybe you're you're at Wally World and you like you locked your keys in your car. They'll come out and rescue you. They'll take good care of you. If you happen to be towing your boat or towing your trailer, they'll help you with that too. If your car happens to stop or if, a, you know, the wheels go out uh, on uh, your uh, your trailer that you're pulling behind you. Just keep that in mind. No matter the situation, they know what to do. They have the answers and they can handle it. You just call them, put the number in your cell phone. I keep telling you to do this. You know, don't. Don't make it hard on yourself. Uh, 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. That's when you need the good folks at East End Towing. All right, Congressman uh, French Hill is with us. I saw him at the Faulkner County Republican Party uh, meeting on Tuesday night. I don't know if he knew. Were you there when I was speaking, Congressman? Yes, sir. I was in the back enjoying every word. All right. So, I, I, you know, I went. I started off by recounting the correct history of the Republican Party, that we have been the party for civil rights, that we have been the party for freedom, that we are the party that has brought the uh, some great, great economic uh, um, moves here in this country, and it has not been the Democrats. They have not been the party of the American people as they try to to paint themselves all the time. Just got to read a little bit of history. Do that. I know that's tough for a lot of people. Read some history. And secondly, please do me a favor. You have to understand elections have consequences. You got to vote for the best person out there. You got to make sure the best person's getting into the the, the offices. 
uh, that we have, whether they be state offices or federal offices. And, of course, as I say all the time, the worst Republican is better than the greatest Democrat that's running. Amen. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? And the whole fundamental issue is that we believe that individual citizen and that individual citizen's rights are that are inalienable, passed down from God above, are at the foundation of the republic and the foundation of the core platform of the Republican Party. That's the big difference. It's not because one party wants tax rates at one level and the other party wants tax rates at another level. That's superficial. That is a secondary activity. Uh, the real difference between the parties is the role of the government and the role of the individual, uh, and it's overwhelming. And in my experience of seven years now in Congress, it's never been more apparent. I mean, we grew up with Ronald Reagan, William F. Buckley, the stories of the fight against uh, global communism and individual liberty here in the U.S., and we were well-read on history. Uh, today, we face the same issues Uh, And that power in our country of socialism, big government, uh, the defeat of individual rights is, I think, under more challenge than ever before. And so that's why I think Reagan's uh, admonition, again, which you and I always talk about on this show routinely, all of Ronald Reagan's great um, advice to his country uh, is that uh, these kinds of liberties are have to be fought for every generation because everybody has to relearn the lesson of our constitution and the power and uh, uniqueness of our republic well the great communicator used to say freedom is only one generation away from disappearing and he was so right about that it was amazing to me one of the first questions i asked was how many people were alive during the cold war at the faulkner county republican party and i'd say probably a little over half raised uh raised your hands and uh look right now what you're seeing play out uh, on the border of ukraine is putin who's a russian who wants to reinstate reconstitute the soviet union that's exactly what he wants to do and people got to understand that guy's not playing games over there no i mean uh he came to power uh in the late 90s, early 2000s, he's the former head of the KGB. He's controlled Russian politics now for 20 years. He wants to do that for 10 years plus more. <laughs> and he considers the largest failing in the history of great mother Russia is the collapse of the Soviet yes, Union. Yes, The failure of Soviet communism to hold together. So, look, he's trying to take his small country fully dependent on oil and gas income and his incredibly mighty considering the country military and intimidate people into rejoining the soviet union even if they don't want to (laughs) that's the amazing thing Mm -hmm. you know who wants to you know who wants to go to uh, uh his party they may be invited but they're not going they don't want any part of it and they were a vassal state in the Soviet Union. They were a vassal state when part of the Russian Empire. Uh, Ukraine was the breadbasket of the Soviet Union where all the wheat's grown. We know that through our own study of American history. And they want to be part of Western Europe in values, in values. And they want to head that direction. I've talked to 
parliamentarians who are trying to build a democracy there for many, many times, and I know that to be the case. And uh, so we're in a very tense moment, very tense moment, and we're trying to unify Europe uh, with us to say we want to protect Ukraine's sovereignty as a free and independent country from being invaded by an aggressor military that's massed 100,000 troops on the border and has already killed 14,000 Ukrainians in their in their quiet war, they call it, on Ukraine. Now, they got a lot of special forces people uh, in the Ukraine area. So let, let me ask you t- one question before we go to break. It's got it's it's a two part question. One seems to me Putin's trying to do two things. One, he wants the Ukraine back and he's going to fracture them because there's a lot of people that love Russia, Mother Russia, that live in uh, the Ukraine. And secondly, he's doing everything he can do to fracture NATO. And he seems to be winning that battle because we got such a weak president. That's uh, both those statements are true. And this is his number one goal is to see America out of Europe, have America have so much pressure on her that she collapses and does no longer support NATO or be involved in Europe. This is exactly what China wants too. China and Russia are working very in tandem right now to embarrass the United States, to embarrass the Western partnership. And that's why this is such an important issue. Is the president up to it to keep it together at NATO? Well, look, Dave, all last week I worked behind the scenes with Mike McCall from Texas, who's the ranking member on foreign affairs, Greg Meeks of New York, uh, who's the chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. I'm very close friends with both of these good guys. We need a united Congress on deterrence with Ukraine pushing uh, the Biden administration split. I think the Biden administration is split between people who really want to uh, work with Europe to defend the sovereignty of Ukraine and those who are, you know, just sort of ambivalent about it. And that's dangerous. The president needs a clear and consistent message, and he needs to obtain that with France and Germany as well. And our weakest partner here has been Germany, and maybe we can touch on that when we get through uh, with the break. Okay, let's talk about Germany because they're making me nervous. We'll talk about it when we get back. Got to get a break in. We've got Congressman French Hill with us from District 2. We'll talk to him uh, for about another 12 minutes when we get back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, we've got Congressman, uh, of course, uh, French Hill on, and he's going to be with us to the top of the hour. Got about another 13 minutes with him. You know, Congressman, let me just I, I got to ask this question because it makes no sense to me at all. Why did why did Germany attach their trailer to Russia for natural gas when we can supply all the natural gas that they want with liquefied natural gas? I don't un- well, I can kind of understand it when you look at the left in the United States and maybe they were worried that uh, we wouldn't have enough natural gas for them, but we got more natural gas in the world. We're to Saudi Arabia of natural gas yeah i think we i think we can safely say we have hundreds of years of natural gas capacity here for both the u.s and for our ability to export it and we've done that around the world helping build lng receiving facilities down in the adriatic at trieste and up on the baltic to benefit northern europe scandinavia and particularly germany the largest economy in europe Germany is key here. And Angela Merkel, the former chancellor of uh, Germany for over a decade, was a, you know, by American standards, moderate to liberal person. Yep. 
and she wanted that Nord Stream pipeline uh, to provide an additional uh, natural gas supply from Russia, I guess with the idea that it built good neighbors, you know, good fences, build good neighbors kind of a philosophy. Can I, can I stop you there? Can I stop you sure. there just for a moment? Is that not the same kind of thought process that we had started in the 70s with Richard Nixon and people talking about if we can make another country more uh, like us as a capitalist, they'll be less inclined to go to war with us. But you can't put that into play with somebody like Russia or China. No, you can't. And I think we've seen that now in both instances. We've given uh, uh, Russia, since the collapse of the Soviet Union, 30 years to to uh, free market capitalism, Western values, and Russia is a Christian country. It's a Western country by, you know, a, a orthodox religious basis, and it's uh, very European in its context, but it's an authoritarian country. It's always been an authoritarian country, and it's a communist country. It remains that uh, under Putin, the dictator. So it never made the transition, while Central Europe quickly made the transition to free markets, including, I must say, a unified Germany that enthusiastically adopted um, Western capital markets. And we've seen that in other places in South America and uh, and in Asia where it's worked. But look, it has not worked in China. It's now going rapidly backwards in China, and it certainly hadn't worked in Russia. So you're right. I think she was naive to do that. And the United States had worked with our European allies to block it and to offer all of our energy infrastructure and energy partnership, just as you say, to fully give uh, Europe a safe, sound, transatlantic source of natural gas at a good price. Uh, And Russia offers, obviously, because it's closer, a cheaper price and the siren song of partnership. And so Biden green-lighted Nord Stream. And yes, he, he shut did. down the yeah. Keystone Pipeline, laying off a 1,000 people here in Little Rock. So I want to remind every yeah. damn voter of that, a 1,000 people's jobs were cost because of Joe Biden's decision on Keystone Pipeline here in Little Rock. But he green-lights Nord Stream, just giving Putin more of what he wants, which is what Obama did, and that is what Joe Biden has done as president. Yeah, I mean, uh, and to go along, you know, he, he talked. Biden talked about uh, sanctions and doing away with some of the tech tech that we give over to Russia to allow them uh, to have the technology that we've researched in. But you know, pivoting back to Germany, you know, yeah. uh, look, I, this is my personal opinion. You know, knowing history, I think Germany has always been part of the Western world in, for a, a means to an end, and that was after World War One. They needed, they needed the help of the Western world to rebuild. And after World War II, where they where they uh, were on the wrong side again, and they needed the Western world to rebuild. Now the Western uh, uh, world is calling upon them again, and you have a uh, the the head of the navy saying that Putin deserved respect and having to resign. <laughs> you have you have the entire NATO, Denmark sitting F sixteen fighter uh, jets, uh, uh, Spain sitting ships. France sitting, sending troops to Romania, the United Kingdom sending anti-tank weapons, the U.S. there, and Germany says, sorry, we're not doing anything. Not only that, but fly around us. We won't let you use our airspace. Yeah, yeah and this is continuation of uh, the pressure uh, Donald Trump put on him, rightfully, uh, the same pressure that I might add that Jack Kennedy, Ronald Reagan, and others put on Germany. Germany's the largest economy in Europe. They have a trade surplus with the world. They have a, a current budget surplus, meaning they do not have a budget deficit, and yet they don't meet their GDP contribution 
to NATO. Uh, while little teeny countries are out there hustling to do it, France is hustling to do it, UK, the United States, Canada, but Germany, the biggest country in the European transatlantic a group is not. And it's very frustrating to American governments. And here they're not standing up and joining that list of countries uh, that uh, Ken just uh, read. Here's something else I've talked to leadership about in the House. I think we should. Putin craves attention. He wants attention. He wants to be considered a great power leader. I think the United States should take uh, action in the United Nations. Now, not later. It's the same thing as deterrence is the mission here, not sanctioning people after they do something bad. This is the mistake <clears throat> that Biden's talking points have. We need to be pressing him now. I would sanction and begin ratcheting up sanctions now based on move your troops away from the border. Quit talking about attacking Ukraine. Quit talking about cyber attacks on Ukraine. Those are all violations of international law, and we should go ahead and take him now to the United Nations. Of course, he could veto that at the Security Council. It doesn't make any difference. It's about embarrassing him that he's violating international law. And we need to do that before the action takes place, in my opinion, personal opinion, not after he does something devastating. Well, Congressman, doesn't the president hold within his pen and his phone, the ability to call up Putin and say, look, you got a pipeline, but we can shut it down again if you don't get your troops out of there. Couldn't couldn't they do that? A hundred percent. And you, you've really phrased that the way that I've been trying to press for the last three weeks. It's why I wrote my article in the Washington Times on this topic. We we need to be pressing him now. Move the troops back. De-escalate. Draw down your forces. He has forces in other countries, Belarus, Moldova, uh, and, of course, in Crimea, which he's taken, which he doesn't hold legally, and his troops right on the border between Russia and Ukraine. All those provocative moves are threats, and threats in and of themselves are a violation of international law because of Ukraine's individual sovereignty. Let's press him now. Let's embarrass him now. Let's sanction him now, not in a provocative way, not a blockade, right? So we're not threatening war. We're saying these sanctions are in place if you don't draw back your forces, you know. And we've got to work in the angle of deterring him, not this very, I think, weak State Department uh, type approach where you say, well, if you invade, by God, we're going to sanction you. I don't think that's enough deterrence. I think we should be taking steps now. In addition to joining, uh, as we have, we sent uh, more Javelin missiles arrived yesterday. We've uh, now committed $650 million in security systems to Ukraine. And Ukraine, as we talked about in the last couple of weeks, has a much better, better trained army than it did back in 2014 when uh, Obama was looking the other way on Crimea. Hmm. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, you know, I think that's why Putin came out yesterday and said, yeah, you try to press us too hard. Watch what we'll do. Well, you know, there comes a time for push comes to shove. And, and you yep. got when you're up nose to nose with somebody like that, Reagan understood this. I think JFK understood this back in 62. You got to make some calls and they're dangerous calls. Yeah, and this is why, and Ken's hit the nail on the head, that's why we want Germany fully on board with this, and uh, because they have a lot of economic, military, and 
political clout inside Europe, and we need to be absolutely on the same page. I think they've been very uh, naive in this process and very naive naive under Angela Merkel about what Russia's doing and not doing. Well, you're nice to say that they're naive. I think they're being selfish and self-serving for their country. Well, they remind remind me of the Germans uh, in, uh, you know, um, Dr. Strangelove. You know, I expect them to stand up anytime and say mine here. I mean, just, just, I just, I don't trust them as far as I can see them. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we were, talk, we were talking about, you know, Ukraine and, and the invasion and whatnot. And, you know, something that I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, in, and there's probably not a straightforward question, a straightforward answer. But, you know, we saw what happened in Afghanistan and uh, United States uh, citizens and allies being left there to die. Um, you know, is, do we actually have a plan this time for U.S. citizens no, they and don't. allies in Ukraine? Um, uh, is there, you know, uh, hopefully there's at least talks in Congress now about that. You know what they're versus, saying? They're telling everybody get yeah. in their BMWs and drive to the airport and good luck. Mm. How about how about that for a uh, comforting sign yeah. based on what happened in Afghanistan? Yeah, okay. When I heard that news, I thought, "Oh my God, these people are so clueless." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's silly. Last question for you: We got two minutes, and that is yep. uh, the economy. What do you think? Well, uh, don't be deceived. I think by low the front page of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette has our record low unemployment. But I remind people we still have fewer people employed here than we had before the pandemic. We got to get people back to work and get back to job opportunities, and you don't do that by putting mandates on people. All right, appreciate you, Congressman. Have a good day All there. Best. All right, talk week. to you later. All right, coming up after the news at the top of the hour. It's Congressman Bruce Westerman. Wednesdays is the day that we go to Washington Mm. so that you can keep up on what's happening there through our elected representatives. You're listening, of course, to the Dave Ellswick Show. We're the only show that does that, by the way. And uh, Ken Yang is here with us as well. We'll be back in a moment. News is next. Talk about all right with, with you we got 
We got Bruce Westerman on the line with us. I'm just letting Ken know the topics that I would like to discuss with the congressman. And we'll start off with what we were talking about with the uh, Congressman Frenchill, and that is what is going on over in the Ukraine? Uh, there, there's a couple of things that I think that uh, uh, Putin's trying to do, uh, Congressman, and let you talk about it. One, he's trying to fracture the Ukraine. Uh, people have to understand there are, in parts of Ukraine, a lot of people who still love Mother Russia. Uh, there's a lot of people in Ukraine that do not like Mother Russia, and he's trying to drive a wedge between the two factions. Secondly, he's trying to throw uh, a wedge in, in NATO, and he's trying to drive a wedge between, like, Germany and France with the rest of NATO and, and et cetera. Um, how do we keep him from doing that? I mean, it seems like to me we we hold, excuse me, hold some important cards in our hand. I mean, the president could call uh, Putin up right now and say, hey, we're going to rescind you being able to open up that natural gas pipeline completely, couldn't he? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack, Dave, when you look at what's going on in Ukraine right now. And this has been brewing for um, months, actually, for years, if you go back to uh, what Putin did in Crimea. Uh, but I think uh, recent events have emboldened Putin, plus just what's happening in history. You know, this is the 100th year of the formation of the former Soviet Union. It's uh, Putin's, I think, 20th year to be in power. He's always wanted to uh, reunify the old Soviet bloc. And then he sees the weakness uh, from the Biden administration. He saw how Biden green-lighted Nord Stream 2. And I think I've told you on the show before, I was in Germany uh, just before Thanksgiving, and I met with the guy that's the, the new chancellor there now, and we talked about uh, Nord Stream. Germany gets a lot of gas from Russia already. They're the largest European customer of Russian gas. Uh, what Nord Stream 2 does is just a pipeline that bypasses Ukraine. So if that uh, line is intact, Putin can turn off the gas to Ukraine and still sell gas into uh, Germany, which is its largest market. You also see the total fiasco in Afghanistan that uh, has some strikingly similar uh, things happening, like what's happening at the, the embassy in Kiev right now. Um, and I think Biden showed weakness there. And the, the thing that also is happening that I don't think a lot of people realize is we're buying about $13.5 million of Russian energy every day here in the United States now, where that wasn't the case uh, going back. So everywhere you look, the Biden administration has played into the hand of, uh, of Putin. And, you know, we could be doing economic sanctions. Uh, Putin's one of the wealthiest people in the world. Uh, we could freeze funds that he's got. I think there's a lot of still diplomatic things that we could do, but uh, I'm losing a lot of confidence in this bunch that we've got over in the uh, executive branch. Yeah, and they want to wait until Putin, I guess, starts you know, he's already killing people in Ukraine. We know that. But now he wants the whole scale uh, attack. I mean, if they invade, they're going to unleash, you know, like the, the movie Gladiator. They're going to unleash hell is what they're going to do. I mean, they've got a, a powerful military, much more powerful than the Ukraine. And a lot of innocent people are going to die. 
Yeah, you know, this is a big open open plain. The Ukraine gave uh, that uh, buffer around uh, you know Mother Russia back in the in the day when Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. That that was a hard place to to invade from because it was such a big uh, open plain. So they see it as a strategic. They see uh, access to the uh, to the seaports down there as strategic. That's what um, I think drove them to to take back uh, Crimea. Uh, but then you you mentioned NATO and any trip I've ever made to to Europe. If a country was a member of NATO, they wanted to uh, be a stronger member of NATO, and if they weren't a member, they wanted to gain uh, membership in NATO. But even now, it looks like the NATO position is weak. Obviously, Ukraine is not a member of NATO, but that's what Putin's saying why he's doing this is because he doesn't want to see Ukraine join NATO because he knows that would be a much more difficult task to to annex Ukraine if they're a member of NATO. Yeah, one thing, uh, Congressman, we talked about uh, earlier, too, in regards to the Ukraine situation is uh, Germany or the the. the you know, the lack of Germany being involved in all these countries sending uh, tanks and jets and troops and uh, Germany is just sitting there. Well, sorry. And you got, you know, the German Navy chief saying that, uh, you know, over there in India telling the Indians that uh, and an invasion is just crazy and that Putin deserved respect. I know he since has resigned, but, you know, the Germans seem to be just sitting on their hands and possibly even, as Dave mentioned, uh, uh, preventing uh, materials from being uh, transported to our allies. So Germany is the largest economy in Europe. Uh, Germany is heavily dependent on Russia for energy. Without Russian energy, Germany is not the largest uh, economy in Europe. And the Germans have done that to themselves. Uh, under the previous chancellor, they closed down their nuclear power plants and started building these windmills and solar farms. And now they're actually building coal-fired plants and gas-fired plants because they can't produce the energy they need for their economy. So Germany is so tied to the hip uh, with Russia on energy uh, that uh, it doesn't surprise me that they're taking a a more lax position on Putin because he, he controls their energy supply as well. So, you know, there's other people in the world, including the United States, that could help uh, meet these energy demands. But you see what our administration is doing on energy production here in the U.S., not just energy production that we could be exporting, but energy production that we could be using here and diminishing the amount of energy that we're having to import. So, uh, you know, everywhere you look at this, there's arrows pointing back to the incompetence and the bad mistakes that, um, that this administration is making. Yeah. I mean, when we come back, I want to talk to you about Biden's uh, first year in office. And it's just what you said. It's incompetence. I mean, why would you put money into your sworn enemy's coffers? I don't get it. Well, but we'll talk about that when we continue. We've got Congressman Bruce Westerman on District 4. We'll talk with him some more here in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. Uh, they came out to my house on Monday. I'm supposed to get a quote from them today. Um, they'll send it to me, and then we'll get to work on uh, my roof of my house and on a little bit of repair that I need to have done 
uh, in my bedroom, my master bedroom, in fact, some discoloration because of a uh, past leak. And they're going to take care of that by getting some kills and, and getting it covered up and making it, fit, you know, go right into the way the, the the ceiling looks in my bedroom right now. So I'll let you know. I'm going to keep you up, up to date about what's going on with this just to let you know how PI Roofing does business, okay? Because I think they're the best. Nobody else has worked on my roof. Nobody else has walked on my roof uh, except for PI Roofing because I think they are the best roofing company here in central Arkansas. 707-3551 is their number, 707-3551, or get a hold of them by uh, going on the internet, piroofing.com. All right, back with uh, Congressman Bruce Westman, District 4. He joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Senator John Bozeman will be live in the studio coming up here uh, momentarily after the news and uh, Bill O'Reilly at the bottom of the hour. In fact, he's arrived I just saw him a moment ago, so he'll be joining us here shortly. Uh, Congressman, let's talk about this first year uh, from uh, this president. Uh, it's an unmitigated disaster. I mean, what do, what do we what do we do with this guy? Oh, Dave, I don't know if you've got enough time on your show today just to go <laughs> through everything they've they've messed up. Um, I've, I've said before, if there's anything opposite of the Midas touch, it's the Joe Biden touch. And, uh, you know, I think as I was reflecting on the last year, I think the worst thing he did was Afghanistan. And I think that's the tipping point that started moving, uh, the polls in the unfavorable, uh, direction for him. I think people, Republicans, independents and Democrats saw that and thought that's, that's unacceptable. But that's just really the, the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we have a border crisis beyond anything we ever imagined happening right now. We set a, a huge record back in December for the number of illegal crossings. The Border Patrol has confiscated enough fentanyl in one year to kill the U.S. entire population seven times. And uh, the amount of, of cocaine seizures is up, as well as other drug seizures as well. And you almost hear nothing about what's going on at the at the southern border. Uh, you've got uh, record inflation. You've got um, policies that he and Democrats in Congress have pushed that put too much money into the economy that drove inflation that caused people not to to work. Uh, I saw in the uh, Democrat Gazette this morning that Arkansas has uh, 3.1% unemployment, which is a a great unemployment rate until you look at the labor participation rate and you know you got a numerator and denominator in the equation and you just don't have as many people in the job market uh so when well, uh, you and, look at all yeah. of that and on top of that you have seven seven percent a seven percent inflation uh uh but you know to you know, I, I saw the, the the press release or a media advisor from the White House and saying that uh, this second year, Biden and Harris are now going to go out to the people to talk about the benefits of what they've done in their first year in office. Do you know what these benefits are that they're going to be telling folks? Let, let me jump in. I was, after the president gave his speech the other day and he said that, you know, what? I was yelling at the TV. Bruce, I was yelling at my TV in my, my living room, and I was saying, I'll tell you, you don't have to come and tell me. I go fill up my gas tank every week. I go and go grocery shopping. 
You don't even have to come here and tell me what your policies have done. I'm seeing them up close and personal. Yeah, if they're going to talk about the benefits of this administration, it's going to be a really short press conference. You better believe it. Joe may be able to stay focused uh, through this one because they're not going to have much at all to talk about. Um, You know, I just got back from a uh, a planning conference where the – uh, all the ranking members, all the Republican ranking members in the House and the Republican leadership, we got together and huddled for a couple of days. And we've been working on a, a policy plan and an agenda. And, yeah, Dave, you know how much I like working on that stuff. So I'm really excited about the message we're going to uh, give to the American people on what uh, we're going to work towards. And we, we realize that with a Democrat president and who knows what we will have in the Senate. Even even with a Republican-controlled Senate, it's still hard to get, get things uh, through that because of the filibuster, which we see now does have an important role. Uh, but we can stop the, the crazy stuff, and we can do a lot of oversight. And we can pass bills um, that out, out of the House to show the American public what it would be like if we can get the the Senate and the president on board in the future uh, to enact those policies. But the thing that I stressed at that meeting is we have to have budget discipline. I I told the whole group, uh, Kevin McCarthy was leading this, and I I said we have to pass a budget and pass 12 appropriation bills on time and, and send those to the Senate and stop this madness about getting to September 30th and it's, uh, you know, it's a, a critical deadline. You don't have anything from the Senate. The, the White House hasn't weighed in, and the next thing you know, you got continuing resolutions or some massive omnibus. We will never get our fiscal house in order if we don't change that process. And it starts in the House, and I think we should pass our budget, pass our appropriation bills, send those to the Senate, and tell them they they better get to work because September 30th is coming soon. All right. I'm going to, one more question for me, then I'm going to give it to Ken because he's got a couple more questions for you as well. We've got about six minutes left, and the, and that is when you look at the economy and with the you know the the, the uh, Democrats still in control of the House, Democrats fifty uh, fifty with you in the Senate. You got the White House. Do you see any movement really happening, or are we at stalemate right now? Okay, the country's better off right now when Washington does the very minimum to get by. Uh, we saw what they had in the Build Back Better plan, and they're talking about making smaller pieces out of that. Um, so hopefully the the majority in the House is going to be focused on the, the midterm election now. And I can tell you from the, the agenda that we've got in our committee, there's nothing of, of major significance coming up. Uh, anytime soon on that. So uh, for the sake of the country, I hope they don't get uh, any of their new ideas uh, passed into law. But there's at the same time, there's things like the Water Resources Development Act that has uh, always been a bipartisan effort, and hopefully things like that can move forward. You know, stuff that just kind of the humdrum day-to-day activities of Congress, uh, hopefully those things can keep happening. And uh, and we're past the the crazy stuff like uh, build back Beijing and um, this so-called voting rights bill that uh, they're trying to pass. It has nothing to do 
Well, it, has, it does have something to do with voting rights. It limits your voting rights and takes voter ID away in every state and pays politicians a six-to-one government match for funds they raise. Yeah. I hardly consider oh. that a voting rights act. I'll pivot real quick, and I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, because it's not as flashy, but, you know, our congressmen are always doing stuff at the Capitol, even though the uh, left-wing mainstream media doesn't like to talk about it or give them any credit. But uh, I saw on the news that uh, you, uh, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in our uh, agencies, and one of the stuff is the Department of uh, Interior and the Ethics Department, and you urge the inspector general to audit the ethics office and just know if you want to talk about what's going on there. Yeah, that's part of that oversight function. Now there is a, a committee in Congress called the oversight committee, which that's all they do. And that's, uh, you see those guys on TV a lot because uh, that's where you get a lot of controversial issues, but every, every committee in the house has an oversight subcommittee and on our natural resources committee, we've got an, oversight function and oversight subcommittee. Uh, And, you know, part of this happened because of the type of people that the Biden administration put in these leadership positions. The the director of the Bureau of Land Management is an eco-terrorist. She uh, spiked trees uh, out in the West several years ago. She admitted to it, but when she admitted to it, she was – testifying against other people that did it and and she got off but uh and she's worked for all these radical environmental groups tracy stone manning is her name and uh, we've asked for uh, ethics uh, disclosures on things that she worked on as a lobbyist for radical environmental groups and the things that she's working on and has uh, discretion over as a director of blm well we get nothing back from them We've sent multiple letters, and it's not just her. It's many others in the Biden administration. And all we're asking are for the the documents that shows the transparency and to show that there's not a conflict of interest where they're making decisions on how federal dollars are spent and federal actions are taken uh, and how that relates to the work they did prior to coming to um, uh, into the administration. Well, they, they've sent us nothing. Uh, so... Uh, the last thing I did was wrote a letter to the inspector general asking them to audit uh, the ethics division at the Department of Interior. And they may not respond to that either. But you know what? If we win the majority, uh, it won't just be a request. It'll be a subpoena. There you go. That's uh, that's uh, that's what I want to hear. I've got, I got 60 seconds. One last thing for you, uh, Congressman, and uh, I hope you don't mind, but you know, it's school choice uh, time right now. People are talking about school choice. And I've been telling uh, heads of some of these different organizations that are fighting for that, that they should call you and have you, uh, when you're in the area, come in and talk to their organizations about your ideas that you had back in 2010 about school choice and, and how to make a reality of it here in uh, the state of Arkansas. So if you start getting phone calls, I'm guilty, okay? Just want to let you know. I'm guilty. Hey, I'll talk to them. You know, if you want to talk about another Biden failure real quick, the whole thing with, with schools in Virginia started with a, uh, a bonehead remark from the Biden administration. Yep. Uh, and you remember that letter from the National School Board Association? Yep. Uh, so that's one more thing this, this administration's done. I think it's when you start messing with parents and, and their kids, 
Uh, it doesn't matter if you're on the local school board or you're president of the United States, you're, you're crossing over into dangerous territory. So, right. um, you know, you reminded me of one other flub of this administration. Well, I've got, I got to let you go. We're out of time. Thank you for your half hour that you always give us on Wednesdays. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you very much. That's Congressman Bruce Westerman. All right, thinking about buying some silver and gold. I know you are because we've got inflation going and we've got uh, what else we got going on? We've got political unrest going on up there in Washington, D.C. got the U.S. dollar having some problems. you got soaring inflation. You know, I, th- I woke up the other day and I thought Jimmy Carter was still president, but it, that's not the case. Okay, it's not, We haven't gotten stagflation yet, but it's on its way if we don't watch out. So you need to take care of your nest egg, and gold and silver uh, can help you do that. They can help you uh, protect your assets like your IRA, your 401K, the hard-earned savings that you got in your in your mattress now because you're not making much of it uh, as far as interest in the banks. Call 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. And David Lucas uh, Financial will help you out. They work with the only regulated and licensed national wholesaler in the country on gold and silver. So you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. So give them a call. 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through the David Lucas Financial Company, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. It's always a pleasure to have Senator Bozeman uh, when he's in town to come by and sit down with us and, and talk in studio. Uh, I talk with these gentlemen all the time over the telephone, but I'll tell you what, there's something to be said about sitting down in the same studio and talking with them. Uh, that way I don't step on them at times when they're giving their answers and things of that nature. So Ken Yang is here with me as always, and uh, we've got on Wednesdays, and then uh, the senator was in town uh, they called, Sarah called me from Washington and said, can we get him on the air? And I said, no. And she got quiet. No, it, I didn't do that. I never say that. All right. I'm always looking to have the senator on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And it's good to be with you and Ken. And like you say, it's just special to be in the studio versus uh, on the phone. Communications are great. You can do it any place in the world. But it is, it, there's no substitute for actually being here. Being around some normal people as opposed to what's going on in Washington. In the bubble. In the bubble. How is it in D.C.? Do you got to put a mask on wherever you go? Really not so much. The, the, they were, they've been hit really hard with COVID. Right. Since, you know, much like Arkansas. I think theirs has kind of peaked a little bit and burning out. But uh, not, not really any more so than they do have – They've started this deal with a restaurant where supposedly you're supposed to show your, you know, your the, the fact that you've been vaccinated and all of this stuff. But Papers, the best please. I can tell, they're not enforcing it. <laughs> Good. And uh, and then two people are just going to Virginia and eating there instead of eating in Washington. That makes Maryland, sense. Or, that that does make sense. It just makes sense. You know, you 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 pass stupid laws, they have consequences. No, that's exactly right. And it definitely has it. Let, let's talk about. Um, america right now crime is going crazy and not just not blue not what we would call blue collar crime we're we're talking murders i saw another another policeman was shot today this one in milwaukee multiple times i don't know what if he's alive or if he's dead but uh, more officers in new york have been killed already this year than have been killed in previous years 
it's, this is this is crazy. Is there anything that can be done nationally about this besides the crazy people on the left that say, "Well, let's just take all the guns off the off the market and let the you know we'll just let the criminals have have guns." Dave, I, I you know you have to be careful because the way their system is designed is that local entities or states you know primarily have control over those kind of things the good news though is that the american people are 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 standing up i think that's what virginia was about new jersey the lawlessness uh, you know all of these things together so uh, certainly in arkansas we we determine our own fate Uh, the sheriffs are in town uh, in little rock today and uh, staying at the marriott they're having a convention i got to you know, in the hallway, visit with a bunch of them. And, and, you know, these are folks that work so hard. They've got tremendous responsibility and really, really not much pay, not much benefit in that regard. So, uh, as you point out, uh, you know, these are, these are people that we certainly need to honor and respect. And the good news in Arkansas, that goes on. Okay. So what I don't think now, you know, federally we can, we can plus up, you know, things like the uh, drug enforcement, the FBI. We can work with our prosecuting attorneys. In Arkansas, they do a good job of that in the sense that federal crimes, you don't get parole. You serve, if you know, if you're a model prisoner, you're going to serve 90, 90 plus percent of your sentence. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. So I think we do a good job of prosecuting gun crimes, things like that, moving it up to the federal offense where you get a stiffer sentence. Those are the ways that I think we can help. All right, let's. I'm, I got so many Let's questions. You. The other thing I would say about that is, you know, you look at the border, and you look at the example of of really the administration picking and choosing which laws they're going to enforce. I think that kind of stuff just filters down into society, and so as a result of that. Uh, you know, you just have a, a situation where people have lost confidence in their institutions. But as you as you look at, at what's important to a community, the most important thing is public safety. Your community is not going to thrive. It's not going to go forward if people don't have confidence that they can get out and shop. And so it, it, all of this is really important. All right. Let me ask you about uh, the border. Uh, there's so many things going on right now that you don't you don't know where to look at. Today they let a lot of just single guys loose along the border and let them just go wherever they wanted to go in the United States. And you know what they had to show when they got on the plane for be able to say who they they were? They showed their arrest warrant. I know their arrest warrant, Senator. What in God's name's going on with these people? It's absolutely crazy. I was actually at a meeting, and uh, the guy that was sitting next to me represents the the sheriffs in Washington, and he got this text, and he said, "John, look at this." You know, and again, the, this had just broken by, not in the press yet, but but just one of his sheriffs had actually called him, that was down on the border and, and saw this happening, and I said, "That can't be true." He said, "Well, I'm going to." contact them and and uh you know send me a video of him saying it before i you know go public with this but yeah it, the, these things are absolutely crazy you can imagine uh, like you say uh using <laughs> using the arrest warrant as your identification that's the most craziest thing i've ever heard it's absolutely crazy 
You know, I'm hoping my my goal is to get as few Democrats in Congress as possible, whether it's here in Arkansas or it's it's national. And they're making my job nationally a whole lot easier. Yeah. Well, the good news is, is that uh, soon we'll be able to have hearings and, and subpoena people, get people up, uh, make them under oath, talk about these things. And the fact that, that there's simply no common sense at all. The problem that we run into is is the media is not covering these things, uh, but it is it is the border is is simply open right now. Now, Ken, you had a couple of questions. What did you want to ask? No, I, I just you know it's amazing, and I know we'll probably pivot to this, but you know we're we can't even protect our own border, and you know I think that's why there's a lot of angst. You know, there's a lot of comment. Com, you know, Tucker Carlson was talking. And he got criticized for you know why are we so heavily involved in ukraine when we can't even do the things here and obviously i know why we're heavily involved in ukraine but it's amazing you know i think i said this two weeks ago you know these people are showing their arrest warrant i went and got a p.o box and i had to show two different forms of id one <laughs> one like driver's license passport base the other one like a you know payment uh, insurance or or car note or whatnot and so it's just I, I you know just i don't get what the administration is doing because you know they're they're weak on our border and they're clearly weak on the ukrainian border because it's you know i will we will only retaliate if you invade if people are killed if people well it depends though how big of an invasion it is right (laughs) well i would i would say ken that, that it's not it's not that we can't protect our border it's that we aren't and President Trump showed that we could protect it. He did a tremendous job, you know, constructed the barrier and things, which which the idea there is to force people into the uh, into the unpopulated areas where you can catch them. So he did a great job there, worked with Mexico, uh, struck a deal there, keeping folks in Mexico as they sought asylum. So we can do it. This administration, elections have consequences. This administration has just simply chosen not to do that. That's right. And you say, John, can't you make them? And the answer is no. You know, they have the they have tremendous authority. The only the only thing that can make them is the American people, which we're seeing, is standing up and saying, no. You know, we're not going to put up with this. We need a a new administration. We need a new Congress, uh, so that we can. Uh, Get some common sense back and, and uh, do as President Trump did and secure the border. And he did a very, very good job of that. Well, we're stuck with him for another three years, folks. I mean, I think, elections well, have consequences. We are, and yet Congress can really push back and, and make a huge difference. Oh, I, I don't regard. agree, so, but we we got to take Congress back, too. Well, we're and we're working hard to do that. And the good news is, is that we're moving in that direction. All right, we've got to get a break in, then we'll come back in. You got a question, we'll 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 get to it. It's uh, the Dave Ellswick show, that voice, you know the voice. That is Senator John Bozeman, our senior senator here in Arkansas. We'll come back, talk further with him when we return on the Dave Ellswick uh, show. Don't forget about uh, Pat Davis. He wants to help you afford your health insurance. He can save you thirty to fifty percent. Uh you'll have no co pays with Pat. And you can have whatever provider you want to use. It's the way he does things that saves you money. When you talk to him, ask him about deductible busters. 
deductible busters. He'll help you out with that, too. That's Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, or visit him online, yourhealthplanman.com. We're back. And again, I'm telling everybody, if you're running for office, if you have never held an office, you need to hold an office and prove yourself to people. Mm. Don't see that very often anymore. Anyway, with that in in our minds, let's, uh, Ken, you had some other questions. You well, we're ahead. talking about uh, the illegal immigrants and, you know, when the Republicans take power, I think a lot of uh, P- Republicans' angst a lot of the times is the fear that Republicans take power, there's not a plan. And I go back to, you know, Obamacare. You know, they, they ram Obamacare through us and still we still got remnants of Obamacare, even when we've had the House and the Senate. So in regards to just immigration, you know, my concern is, um, you know, we've always talked about back then before before Biden, there was about 12 or so million immigrants. And you know, to say you're going to do mass deportation was just you, you just can't even speaker. Speaker Gingrich often talked about we're the party of family. You got people that have been here for 25, 30 years that pay taxes, all this other stuff. But now you're looking at. Two, three, four, who knows how many millions on top of that 12 million of people that are, are not good people for our society. You know, what what would be, I, you know, is there talks of a Republican plan to address the illegal immigrants here in uh, uh, the U.S. when y'all take back Congress? I, I think so. Again, President Trump did a really good job of securing the border. And uh, he did that through, you know, through. Uh, working with Mexico, working again, working with Central America, putting the pressure, the tremendous pressure that we have as a nation because of our trade status with them and things like that. So um, you have to secure the border. It doesn't matter what kind of deal that you work out. If the border's not secure, you get yourself right back in the same place. But no, I, and the other thing, too, is you have to hold employers accountable that that simply are breaking the system you know if they're hiring these folks that that are here illegally if the jobs aren't here they're not going to be here they'll go home so we i think there is a plan and uh you know we're just going to have to work through it Uh, i'm a guy that believes that we need to work through this with with a strong visa program we need workers particularly in agriculture you know to, to help out we have you know almost from the beginning of time so you do that through a strong uh, visa program. You do it through securing the border. Uh, I'm a guy that believes that uh, English ought to be the official language, and yes. I'm not an amnesty guy at all. Uh, I think you reward behavior that, that you don't want. Uh, and the other thing we always need to remember, guys, is that, that we as a nation, we, we naturalize about a million people every year. Mm-hmm. These are people that do it the right way, that have stood in line. Many of them, it'll take 10 years to get that done. That's right. And, and they're very, very proud of that. So, you know, we need to do it in an order, orderly way if we do that, and, and uh, then we'll be in good shape. Let, let me continue about the, the, the southern border. Fentanyl is being brought across our borders in huge, huge amounts. Now, that is produced in China is where it's produced at. But it's coming through Mexico and then across our border and is being brought over by the cartels. What kind of of conversations can we have with the Mexican government that if they're not going to be the ones to curtail it, that, you know, we'll use wet teams if we have to to curtail it? 
No, we're seeing fentanyl. We're also seeing a lot of people that are on the uh, terrorist watch list that they're picking up, which is kind of a new thing. You know, occasionally you'd have somebody like that, but now we're seeing that in great numbers because of the porousness of the border. So uh, we've got tremendous pressure levers in the sense that our economy is so large. Uh, Mexico is, you know, biggest trading partner. So we can put tremendous pressure, I think, in that regard, and, and hopefully we'll be using those levers as we go. Well, we, as we go forward, we know the corruption of the Mexican government is bad, right? And they've been working with their cartels. So how do we how do we stop that? Is there a way of stopping it, or is it just something that's endemic to the to to Mexico? Well, I don't think that we can we can stop it in the sense of physically, you know, going over and, and making a difference. But we can make it such that that you basically say, look, if you want to go down that path, then you know, and and make some money that way, we're going to cut you off in a major way in other in other okay. areas where it truly costs them. And so that's not to our advantage. It's not to their advantage. We need a healthy Mexico in the sense, you know, that where those people are are employed, uh, so that they're not wanting to come to the United States. We're so blessed in this nation. Uh, but I, I think you use those levers, which we definitely have. And the good thing was President Trump was not he, – he did not mind using those at all. He understood the power of the United States mm-hmm. and understood that, uh, you know, so many of our trade agreements and things, we sign on the dotted line. We adhere to them. The other country doesn't. And he said, no, you know, we're not going to play that game anymore. This is, is similar in this regard. Uh, they've got to clean their act up. And and we can also, we can supply them materials. We can, you know, help them in that regard. It's 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 a tough battle. You know, we talk about the border. The border is, is secure in the sense that nobody crosses that border on the Mexican side unless you pay off a cartel. Uh, they've got complete control of the border. Mm-hmm. So not only are, the, are you seeing a lot of illegal immigrants crossing, but this is also a huge moneymaker for the cartels as you pay them off to be allowed to come across. Okay. So we got there's several different avenues you got to squeeze to, to right. stop it is what you're saying. Right. And, I can, I can, and we need I to use that. all of those. The other thing, too, Dave, I used to be the chair of the Homeland Security Subcommittee on Appropriations. So I've spent a lot of time on the border. I know these folks very, very well in the sense of the people that work down there. They're overwhelmed. These are good people. We talked about law enforcement. Uh, you know, this is law enforcement down there that are doing the very best that they can do. Uh, they're not getting the support that they need. They're having to do duties that they were never designed to do. And and in visiting with them, they're as frustrated as anybody. So, uh, you know, we, we it's certainly not their fault. They're trying to do the job. They just don't have any support from the administration. Do you foresee – well, here, um, let me just – let me rewind my mind a little bit here. Would you? Do you want to see President Trump run again? You know, I think President Trump has to decide that for himself. And because you supported him when he was president, oh, very much, ninety-four percent of the time. That's why he supported you know supported me in my reelection. Right. Uh, so the the thing that you have to remember about President Trump is he really is a family guy, and so. I can't imagine the stress and the strain of being president. You know, all that that entails, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, you've got 
the slings and the arrows and this and that. So uh, he's a business guy. He's trying to get his business in order and, and this and that. So I, I don't know what he's – I haven't had the opportunity to really visit with him about what he's planning on doing. What do you think uh, as far of the American people have short memories a lot of times? How do we make sure that they don't make the same mistake twice? Same mistake in regard yeah, to Yeah, in putting a, another person like Biden in office. Well, they do have short memories, and yet uh, Virginia, New Jersey, when you see a state like New Jersey, uh, you know, just that's about as blue as you can get. Oh, yeah. Come back, you know, and just say, no, we're not going to put up with this stuff. This is why you're seeing these uh, terrible approval ratings uh, from President Biden. And then the other thing is, when you look at the generic vote, uh, the number of people that are saying, I just can't stay with Democrats anymore. We went through this with Ar- in Arkansas. We were probably one of the most Democratic states in the country until 2010. And then people said, no, we just can't go down that path. So I see that happening throughout the country. Uh, that's a good thing. Now, I wish I had you for some more time. We could talk for hours well, here on the so We really could. You, you, you've got you. your hand on a lot of issues right now, and I sure want to see you be the head of the Agriculture Committee when we take the Senate back. Well, I, you know, that's all about rural America, and it's so important, uh, protecting our farmers, and as you said earlier, you know, supporting our troops, and then supporting uh, all of the first responders that do such a great job for our country. All right. We appreciate you, Senator. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. I really thank do. You, Ken. Ken, thank, thank you. you for coming in. Our thanks to uh, Congressman uh, Westerman, Congressman Hill as well. I'll be back with you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.